This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 102. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas, one cheap cigarette hijacking motherfucking minute at a time. <laughs> I am Josh Flanagan, and I'm here with Ron Richards. You're really proud of yourself. Good job. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't a good read. I'm going I'm to be honest with you, but there we are. Uh, and Ron Richards, or Conor <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> 
I thought he says um, he calls him a Mick, yeah. not a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. I think it's a Mick motherfucker. Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. Just, you're the hey, listen. You're the fuck expert. I am. <laughs> it's my nickname in college. <laughs> that was so cheap. Uh, just in time for our guest. <laughs> Vice President and Executive Editor at Marvel Entertainment, Ryan Panagos. Hey, guys. Uh, really proud to be on the show. <laughs> I feel like you walked into something, didn't you, Ryan? <laughs> I feel like it. It's, it's not a G-rated movie. I don't know what you want. <laughs> Uh, minute 102 starts with a little guinea bastard and ends with Maury softening up just a little bit. <laughs> so what do we got? More happy, happy Jimmy. Jimmy. Happy Jimmy, Jimmy, which is earlier he, we were told Jimmy's never happier than when he's stealing, but I feel like he's a little bit happier right now. I don't well, know if you've I, ever seen him this happy. Because, I th- because and, and Henry explains it later on in the yep. movie, but I mean, but essentially, like, so Jimmy's Irish, right? right. Henry's half Irish, half Italian. You cannot get made unless you are 100% Italian. Racist. And so, well, no, not right. I mean, like, you got to. Well, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got you to you draw the line somewhere, Connor. I'm starting a social media campaign against the mafia for being. Listen, the mafia, the mafia does not support quotas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, God. Wow. I just, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, Why, well, are you the mafia? It doesn't exist, Connor. We've been through this. Ryan, you live in New York. Does the mafia exist? No, I, I'm not really fully sure what you guys are talking about. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. He's but, just going, I'm going to have to answer for all this. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. memo in his head. So, so this is this is as close to getting made as Jimmy will ever get made. And, right. and, like, and that's the ultimate, like, you know, like the dream is to be, you know, to move up the ranks and Jimmy's as high as he'll go and Tommy's going to do it. And so because of that, we get not only do we get happy Jimmy, we get happy Jimmy with his tongue stuck sticking out. Right. <laughs> I I specifically looked at the time that nine seconds in when he's got his tongue out. It's so wet and so <laughs> disgusting. I was just I was oh, I watched it and I was just no more, never again. <laughs> well, they just they were been drinking, you know. It's it's it's, it's probably got that boozy smell too, and like it's <laughs> and cigarettes. Yeah, probably, yeah. Honestly, oh wow, I, it is glistening, isn't it? Ooh. Honestly, now that I think about it, it probably smells a lot like my grandfather used to smell. <laughs> well, I really was thinking this specific scene. I was thinking, what does that place smell like? Oh, and I know, I, ex- I know exactly awful. what that place smells like. I yeah. know exactly what it smells like. <laughs> the Beer, alcohol, cigarette, dirty bar smell. Ugh. It's both glorious and awful at the same time. Must yeah. Be. yeah. <laughs> like Vito in the salutations. <laughs> um, but, but what I like about Jimmy go when he's all happy, he's like, he's going to be a boss someday. We're going to work for him. You know, like he's, you know, like he's just so happy. Like it's great. I can't think of someone worse suited to be a boss than Tommy. Well, I like to- Tommy's ob- observation is we got those suckers now. Like he, like he, he kind. I feel like Tommy doesn't believe it too. You know, like he's I feel like, like Tommy can't see that many moves ahead. <laughs> like no. that's his. Like he's just like, well, this thing's in front of me. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. He says he's going to be a boss, and I thought, does does everyone who gets made? Yeah, no, he's, he's just he's just saying that he's going to rise up through the ranks, and one day they're going to work for him. Yeah, you're going to run this place someday, kid. Well, what's Jimmy in his 50s or 60s by now? I mean, hurry up. Things move quickly. You just got to whack your own boss and you're the boss. Do you think at, at any point in this, uh, even though Jimmy's super, super happy, he's really excited, was there any part where it was just like devastated knowing that this will never be him? Like, there, is there any jealousy? Like, there's nothing that I get, I guess, from this scene, but I feel like knowing the character and, and the ambition and, and the want and the like, you know, just who we've 
come to know that there would be something seething inside him, maybe even hidden away? Or am I looking too deep into this guy? Maybe, but I feel like somebody like Jimmy being as old as he is came to terms with it earlier. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I feel, I feel he's like, old school. He knows the yeah. score. Yeah, he know. Yeah, he knows the score. You know, and and same thing with Henry. I think Henry knows too. Like the the boundaries and the rules are clearly defined, and they know that this is something that was never an option for them. And so then it's like, okay, how do I earn as much money as possible given the system? I don't know. That's me. That, that's me. And plus, yeah. also, plus, also, he's been working with this kid since he was a well. Also, let's do it. Let's do a real life movie age check here. By the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in real life, Tommy D. Simone was at this point in 1978 he was born in 1950 so he's 28 yes wow yeah so he's 28 that, that must be good right that's 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 that is that young or is that normal i don't know i, I don't know I, the internet doesn't tell me what the average age of a made man is <laughs> <laughs> really some things the so we just some things the internet can't tell you <laughs> which is funny because if you google average age age of a made man the first result is average age to lose virginity from a website called mademan.com. So there you go. <laughs> it's not wrong. A Google search gave you what you asked for. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they do them that young or that I, mean, I don't know what what the basically you need so in order to get made in real life in in if the mafia existed, if this whole system was real, you would need other made men to sponsor you. To sponsor you basically. It's like yes. being in the academy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, so, are, the, the academy and the mafia are both the same. <laughs> so oh, like, racist. So in real life, t- Tommy DeSimone was sponsored by Pete Vario, who was Paulie's son, as well as a gentleman by the name of Bruno Fasciolo. So uh, I don't know who Bruno Fasciolo was, but he was sponsoring Tommy. Maybe he's the guy with the beard and the glasses that we don't know who he is. Oh, the guy at the bar? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> was that sincere? Well, we'll, we'll find out later on. Okay, Gosh, sorry. We don't want to spoil I have, I have questions. Because him and, him and Paulie's son were close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very close. Very so. Uh, so yeah. So they so they continue. They they decide to continue on the celebration, and they make their way out of the back room, only to be intercepted by the party buzzkill, Maury. I I wrote exactly that word in my note. <laughs> Mine was God damn it, Maury. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. Well, what I liked was that the th- so the three of them, Tommy, Jimmy, and Henry, are all walking out arm in arm, and there's Maury and. There's a handoff of Henry to Maury that is so smooth. I've only seen that happen when me, Josh, and Connor are at parties and at I'm San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Where you just you hand one of Henry just slides out of the group and goes right to handle Maury. It's very smooth. So one of the things that's interesting here is that we were talking about the pacing of the movie and how this seems like we're just assuming it's much later. You know, instead, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a day later. I don't know if it's a day after Stax was found. So maybe we're only like the last few scenes have been, you know, right after one another. But be- that's because earlier in the movie, every time you cut before, months or years went by. I mean, yeah. like the movie was flying. We're in a much more compressed time now. Things are happening. So that's why, like, when, when Maury comes up and is like asking for his money again, it's it's like, well, how long has he been waiting? Like, it's like, maybe, boy, maybe he really has a legitimate grievance here. In in real life, it's days. In real life, it's yeah, days. yeah, and I think it is in the movie too. Like, yeah. it, but it's such a juxtaposition. It's just different than the rest than the earlier parts of the movie, where every time they cut, like we were flying through time. Yeah, yeah. Ron, well, it's Good flying point. to get to here. Ron, you you pointed out how masterful the handoff was. I think even more masterful, and we've discussed Henry's real skill being the the Maury whisper, is yeah. is the way he calls Maury's bluff. It's fine. You want to go talk to Jimmy? Opens the door. Go talk to him. 
Yeah, that was actually a note I had is that this is a different Henry dealing with Maury. This is tough love Henry. Well, it's the re- it's reverse psychology. The yeah. other thing didn't work, obviously. Well, you the other thing to happens him, is talk to him. And then- but he starts with just holding him. Yeah. <laughs> he's decided not to try to convince him. He was like, I'm just going to hold him in place. And he's like, well, that's not working. Go for it. It's, well, Henry knows the gravity of the situation. I mean, he knows that you, 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 you just, you can't. At this point, Maury, you're, you're an idiot, right? I mean, it's, yeah. if he yeah. doesn't go to that, take that stance, Maury's dead right in front of him. Yeah. Essentially. Now, in the previous scenes, did, is it clear that Maury knows that Tommy's made? Or is, I mean, does anyone know except for Henry and Jimmy? No, I get the sense that there's no. a secret. Well, it hasn't been made yet. Yeah. yeah. Right, but he's on that road, and he's... Yeah, I, I was just curious, because, I mean, Maury's got to be the most ball-busting his character in the movie. I don't think Maury would care. <laughs> no, Maury like, doesn't care. Maury showed no good judgment, so it wouldn't matter if it was Paul Vario there, and he had to bust his balls. He, would, yeah. he wouldn't care. He wants his money. He wants his money. He's got that vig on him. Yep. So this is another one of those lines that Leota delivers here where, where he says, you're going to get your money. And that, to me, is the most sincere he's looked in the whole Like He looked like he was telling the truth. Yeah, but, but he also, he also told me, you're going to get your money. You just got to stop busting balls. Yeah, yeah. But again, like how he read that, was it felt like it was different. Like he's, he's trying to like be really on the level with him in a way. And I don't know if he believes that or not still. Does he still think he's going to get his money? I yes, think I, he think does, he does. Yes. I think he does. He's an mm-hmm. optimist. Yep. Yeah, he does, he doesn't know that he doesn't know the implications of stacks. He hasn't talked. I get the feeling he hasn't talked to Jimmy that much about all the the the, the Christmas party glitz. Right. You know, I think that he thinks that everything he got his money. So why wouldn't Maury get his money? Now, what I think is funny though is that like we, we talked about last week how Maury fairly has a point. He you know he brought he's this, not wrong. He's not he did wrong. his job. Uh, but at this point now, Maury I think is falling into delusions of grandeur where Maury says I masterminded the whole thing. Well, no, you didn't. You just took a bet from a guy that works at the airport who told you who that guy masterminded the whole thing. <laughs> and that guy got his money. That guy right. got paid eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why you get a contract. Yeah. <laughs> get it in writing. The mafia loves putting things in writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you guys figure out who who all did get money and who didn't? Was there anyone else who well, was clear in the in the movies or in real life? Uh, in the movie. In the in the movie. In the, I don't think anybody got their money, personally. We had the debate last week over whether or not the car was purchased with the money, whether or not the coat was purchased with right. the money, or on credit in anticipation of the money. There was a difference of opinion on whether or not people got paid or not. I think, right. I think that Jimmy kicked his money up to Pauly, and, and that was it. And then he held on to it like smog. Yep. Didn't yep. he give some to Henry? Yeah, he gave some to Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he gave like ten yeah. grand to Henry. A little, yeah. just a little taste. A little taste, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the payouts have started, and then at, we'll see what happens next. But I well, think it, it, yeah. it wouldn't make any sense to do what happens next if you'd given them the money already. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. What happened? That's not a baller move. So yeah. in in this scene when he's when Henry's talking to Maury, uh, Ray Liotta's in in profile a lot, and I noticed maybe I'm crazy. You guys tell me if you notice the same. Is this hair getting real long? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, it's getting in the 70s longer mode. I mean, that's that we got to get once we get to 1980 and he's in full on crazy hair. Crazy coke hair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh speaking of that profile, uh I would just like to note that there's a really good shot uh when of in between Henry and Maury and you see the back room of, of Robert's Lounge the bar where you can you get a nice shot of the Captain Fantastic pinball machine, but also you see three 
gentlemen in suits playing cards. One of them is, uh, once again, a young Vincent Gallo. Huh. There you go. Hmm. Right. Vincent Gallo just sticking around. We're starting to get more silences in this movie. So when he tells him you're going to get your money and, and Maury just sits there. Like, that's a long silence for this movie. And the minutes coming up this week, we're going to get more of those. We're just watching people look at things. You know what's great about a podcast that analyzes a movie minute by minute? Silence is long silence. Long periods of silence. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to call Ryan, it out. Ryan, what did you think of the, the, the long period of silence between Maury and Henry? You know, I found it really endearing. <laughs> it was really charming. It ha- When you watch it minute by minute, it hangs, though. It does. Because the, the pacing of the movie, again, previously has been so fast. Like, we're finally getting these contemplative moments, and it's jarring. Like, it, it seems out of place because we've been so used to just moving, moving, moving. Um, so it really stands out, especially when you watch it. Uh, I, just timed it this, minute. I just timed it. This moment of silence lasts eight seconds. Mm. And, and it's just <laughs> them staring at each other, and Henry... And, and, and Henry's taller than Maury, and Maury's under the staircase. So it's totally, you got that power dynamic of Henry looking down on Maury. And it's just Henry with his eyes, with those, with those blue eyes, just staring Maury dead in the thing, saying, you know, after you got to stop busting balls. And Maury sink, letting that sink in. It's, it's really effective. Earlier in the scene, we do also have the uh, Maury saying, fuck him, I want my money. Yes. Which I thought was Connor, great. Connor, can you confirm that? I can, yes. <laughs> that one had to go to the judges yes it's an accurate assessment but i I love that because it was you know how it flipped from earlier in the movie when jimmy was you know going after Ah, good one for his money it was just a little bit of a twist but oh look at that a little 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 yin yang action going on Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't catch that look at that ryan so uh the fun fact is uh so early in the episode we hear this little guinea bastard Ron, what have you grown up knowing the origin of the slur guinea? I know that it's not spelled the way I thought it was spelled for the most of my life. Mm-hmm. I, 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 grew up think, I grew up thinking it was uh, G-I-N-N-Y, and it's actually G-U-I-N-E-A. Yes. Right? Well, did we ever told where it came from? or? No, no. Not a word that was thrown around the house a lot. <laughs> well, that's why I asked, because there's a debate over the origin of the slur. Yeah. One camp says it refers to the Guinea coast of Africa, so it would be calling um, Italians black. We understand. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Italian-African yeah. connection. And then the, uh, the other one is that it came from Italian immigrants in England who would beg for guineas. Oh, interesting. So hmm. uh, we don't know. Guinea wop goomba. Either way. Sorry, wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> Does it often come with olive oil voice and smooth guinea charm? <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, anything else? I have to I feel like out. I need to apologize for that, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> That's because you're a Mick bastard. Johnny Fontaine <laughs> never gets that part. <laughs> so, um, the fuck count is five. Anytime that an agitated Maury shows up, you know you're going to have an elevated fuck count. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kessler, what we see here is on the charts. <laughs> Your cluster all looks okay, but we do have an elevated fuck count we want to keep an eye on. <laughs> That was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so is that all that we have for 102? All, all right, then. 
Well, that is going to do it. So come back tomorrow for minute 103. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin or on Instagram or Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. If you would like to support this show, you can get over to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support. You will find our link for Amazon. I bet you know how that works. And then, of course, you will find a link to uh, our Patreon, which is Patreon.com slash GFM, where you can be a, a supporting patron. And if, if it works out, you stay at, the, uh, at a high enough level, you, you can get yourself a mob nickname, which is a thing we do on Fridays. And it is, it is a lot of fun. Two jackets. Two coats. I don't two know. Coats. We'll see. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, anything, it's so much fun to say. If you have any questions, things you want to write to us about, if you are related to, uh, I was going to use that G word again, but I decided not to. You can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. And that is going to do it. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. I go from rags to return. My fate is up.